Hello and welcome to Public Access America. This is Just the Tip. Before we get too far, the new suicide hotline prevention oh, yes. line is 988, and um, our, our hourly tweet reflects that now. Nice. So it's, it's just something that says, um, somebody wanted me to tell you how amazing you are, so I told, I told them I would tell you. You know, no. somebody, somebody thinks you're special even when you don't. And this line, I hope, helps that. So if, you, if you're on Twitter, you don't have to follow us at Public Access Pod. But if you could, like, retweet that, because we all have somebody in our lives that, that might mm-hmm. be considering this that isn't talking to us about it and doesn't want to talk to anybody they know about it. Right. And so this line, I think, is crucially important in the grand scheme of things of giving people that moment to think. It's time now for something positive. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. Problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. Of conscience. Because that is how it works. This is the beginning, it is not the finale, and that's why we're here, and that's why we rally, 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 rally. We've got to be that creative minority, creative minority, creative minority. Find a way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Frankly, I know we've got to do something. And that I noticed that like sometimes when I'm mired in my the minutia of my own pain and suffering, it's hard to like pay attention to others. So, hey everybody, welcome to Public Access America. My name is Jason, his name is Jeffrey, and we get together once a week to talk about the week. And it's been an interesting week. We're waiting for our guest Dan, who's probably doing the Zoom connection problems thing like everybody seems to do. But I got Jeffrey here, and we're talking, and we're having a good time anyway, so why not just hit record? (laughs) Right. You know, talking about the good times of having random pain that you just (laughs) never know what to do with. That's right. They 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 just pop up. And sometimes they just go away. I One day I was doing dishes and I started having par- heart palpitations. And I always wondered if I thought I was going to die, what my reaction would honestly be. And I just turned off the heaters and the lights and laid on the couch. <laughs> I was like, I guess I don't want, I don't want, you know, everything running if I die. But then the next day I took an Uber to the hospital and got an EKG and all that stuff. That's probably a good idea. I mean, like you just never know what's going to happen. Like Mm -hmm. it's like if it's, if it's concerning enough that it's, you know, and it's continuing to happen, Hey, you should probably go get that looked at. Right. Or or if it just happens, you know, once and it's random and then you never deal with it again, it's like, well, okay. Right. Or I know the solution to it. I, like I was vaping way out of, I was trying to stop smoking. So I started vaping, but it was in that weird phase of I'm smoking and vaping and getting high. And it was like, that was a lot of stress for, <laughs> for your body's like, look, hold yeah. the fuck on here. We can't right. be doing all of this. Right. And so I don't, I don't discount the jewel. 
I don't like to say, tell people they shouldn't use it, but man, that vaping thing is a bit out of control in certain demographics. So, well, I mean, the thing was is is that you know it it was meant as a way, you know, in, in some cases, it's meant as a way for people to get away from smoking to begin with. Right. You know, it's it's been great for Debbie, for example, who was smoking like I forget like a pack, pack and a half a day or something mm-hmm. like that. Right. And now it's just like, you know, you have something that you have, you know, very few things that are actually in this. It's, it's, you know, and of course you've had all of these different warnings come out, you know, about how vaping is bad for you. And it's like, well, put it lightly. If we're going to go on the putting things in your body is bad for you metric. If you're going to tell somebody, you know, to choose between cigarettes and vaping, I think somebody's going to, you know, I think people are going to eventually choose vaping instead of fucking cigs because number one, that scent goes away real quickly. Number two, you don't end up fucking up your nose. Like I'll never forget when Debbie had switched over and all of a sudden could like smell and taste food. Yeah. again. That is an amazing thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, when I was vaping, I was down to one cigarette a day. I always dreamed of the, I love Lucy theory, come home from work have a cigarette relax i don't drink so it was like i just want to get to that stage where i have one before i start my day and i have one before i end my day before i shower and get ready you know and so i got there and then i just yeah i just gave up i couldn't get to my vapes and i was like well i have cigarettes and then i started rolling my own cigarettes with tobacco and now i'm smoking less of those and it's a longer process like habits aren't cold turkey it's finding the path for you and then eliminating it. My goal is to get to one every two hours and 40 minutes because that's a carton a month. And then I can go from there, right? You know, so mm-hmm. now I'm on, I'm on an hour. And so every hour I'll have one, even if I don't want one, because that makes my mind go, you didn't even want that last one. And then I go to two hours and then I'll go to three and then I'll, you know, mm-hmm. for me, that's the process. You know, and, and, and for a lot of people, you know, that's the process is just like, you know, let's make it to three hours. It's right. like, oh, didn't quite get there. All right. Well, we reset the clock. Let's make it to three mm-hmm. hours, right. you know, and, and that's, you know, that's perfectly fine. There are very few things that, you know, quitting cold Turkey is, is going to work. And it is more dependent on the person than it is the actual, you know, psychology uh, or physiology, I should say. Yeah. Um, because you know i know people who have just fucking quit cold turkey and i'm like jesus motherfucking christ damn like no gum no patch no nothing they just fucking tossed it and that was it game over and i'm like dude holy shit (laughs) like that's that's pretty impressive gums and patches are like they're substitutes for a new habit so Mm -hmm. quitting cold turkey is cool I did that with cocaine and it was like minute by minute. I was like, I want some. No, you don't. I want some. No, you don't. For days, it was just, I want some. No, you don't. So I started writing no at work on like beams and in the bathroom and stuff with my marker, just no. And I'd walk into a room and I'd be see the no and I'd be like, hey, thanks, Jay. <laughs> hey, awesome. Thanks for the reminder. No. You know, and, you know, even for me and, and my issues, it just like, it was like, why are you stressed out? X, Y, and Z. Why do you want to use that? Mm-hmm. You really don't. So why are you thinking about it? Cause it's something that I have used in the past. Like, well, you're still here. It hasn't worked. Yep. You know, do something else. And so 
I think in a, in a lot of ways, video games became my way to distract myself from doing mm-hmm. certain things. Like I could dive in. Like, I mean, at one point I was playing, Oh God, I would probably play video games anywhere from 12 to 15 hours a day, you know, I when that. I was at yeah. my worst. And it was, you know, I mean, in terms of habits, is it a great habit? No, but it was better than what I was doing. Yeah. I think to myself, little big planet might've saved my life that way. Cause I just started playing that cause you could make your own realms and then go through them and then other people could go through them. So I spent my life just building these worlds for people to go through, you know, mm-hmm. instead of doing the drugs that I wanted to do. For me, it was just online, you know, like shooters, like playing call of mm. duty back when it was still playable to me. Yeah. You know, I would, I played constantly and I mean, I was good at it. I, I mean, I played in competitions, but nice are you cream cheese or whatever his name is <laughs> <laughs> no um but you know my group was good at it and you know team stuff we did really well we you know we won championships and and that was that and cool. you know it was but it was before it really became like the esports thing that it is now mm-hmm. it was more just informal competitions around the play er, around the country and so it was just kind of like you know we fuck around and, and goof around and it was it, it was fun. I enjoyed it, but mm-hmm. you know, the, the new, you know, as I got older and, uh, you know, that, that whole pressure of being able to perform like a competitor just changed for me. Uh, you know, for me, you know, originally it was, you know, Ooh, I'm interested. Then it was, Ooh, I'm trying to distract myself from, you know, thinking about old habits. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like, you know what, if I, you know, it's more about just me fucking around and having a good time. And so yeah. it's just like, I don't, you know, I'm still good. Like, you know, I'm a, for somebody who doesn't play as much as they used to, I'm still fucking good, you know, but <laughs> most any, most of the time anymore, you know, if I'm playing, it's me and a buddy and we're out fucking around just trying to, you know, fuck with people and laugh Right. But sometimes, and but sometimes we hit serious mode and then the two of us just go, you know, on as a fucking wrecking crew, you know, him and I will get together. And the one thing that always comes up is like in battlefield for example if there's a tank available put me in it put mm. you know and i'll have him as my my gunner slash gun sight person and we will just go on a fucking wrecking spree wow. and especially if you get a couple other people who know what they're doing mm. then you just end up with this tank crew that just fucking wrecks wow and we'll have a good time and you know we'll hit serious mode or him and I'll just fuck around and, and like try to find people who are camping and just like do random weird shit. That's so cool. I mean, I went the other way. I was like, I was in the top 10 on the online version of Tiger Woods. I was that good at that game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I would play in competitions. People would actually like want me on their teams, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I loved that. And it was great for the time. I wonder... I don't know. I'm not into games anymore, but I think that's because of my vision, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, I can understand that. But that's fine. There's other ways I can go with my vision. I just, uh, hey, before we get too far, the new suicide hotline prevention line is 988, and um, our, our hourly tweet reflects that now. Nice. So it's, it's just something that says, um, 
somebody wanted me to tell you how amazing you are. So I told, I told them I would tell you, you know, oh. somebody, somebody thinks you're special even when you don't. And this line, I hope helps that. So if you, if you're on Twitter, you don't have to follow us at public access pod, but if you could like retweet that, because we all have somebody in our lives that, that mm -hmm. might be considering this, that isn't talking to us about it and doesn't want to talk to anybody they know about it. Right. And so this line I think is crucially important in the grand scheme of things of giving people that moment to think. So, so I you. want to explain a couple of things about this line too, because I've, you know, definitely had some questions about it yeah, personally. Cool. And so <clears throat> 988 functions a lot like 911. Mm -hmm. The, the thing is, is that it's meant to collect, uh, connect you to local crisis centers. So like cool. Washington has three, um, you know, each state will have a different number and each state is unfortunately at a different, different level of preparedness for this. But the idea behind 988 is to help people who are in crisis, either, you know, to get the correct, the right services to them in the, at the time that they need. So yeah, yeah. instead of just having the cops show up to somebody who's having a mental health crisis, because that's honestly what has been happening. And, mm -hmm. you know, people dial 911 because somebody's in crisis. Well, here you now are, you know, you're supposed to have, you're going to have trained professionals, counselors, psychologists, things like that, that are meant to actually help answer and respond. And if you, you look up 988 and how your state is prepared for it. You know, if, if you think that your state's preparation for 988 is inadequate, then make sure you're contacting your local lawmakers, make sure that you're getting the funding that you need That's to right. help people in crisis. You know, this That's is one right. of those things where, you know, the national suicide prevention hotline has been a great tool, but it needed to do more than it was doing. And this right. is now the chance for, you know, the United States to have something that's a uh, more dedicated and uh, I would say in in the actual right place where you have trained professionals that are going to be answering these calls and 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 people who have degrees, you know, and have studied this problem answering these calls. Yeah. Um, the issue with the government funded thing like this is that if we use it, they'll use the funding and they'll they'll add more funding in following years as needed. But if we don't use it, they'll take that funding for something else and they'll consider it a loss and they'll leave it as it is an inadequate states separated function that isn't unified and, and evolving. So mm -hmm. we want to use it so that they, they can justify the funding for it. And I, so keep it up and share it and help yep. somebody. Yep. Cause you never know who that person is until they're gone. And then you're like, I wish I could have done something. So on the top of every hour, we do something because I hate that guilt. <laughs> you know, I I've, I've had friends that have considered suicide and I've had friends that I've talked down from it. And it's, Same. it's a bur it's a burden for somebody, the support system to go through because forever on you're wondering, you know what I mean? Right. So, and especially when you lose people too, like it's, yeah it's real hard to, you know, spend the rest of your life with the what ifs, you mm -hmm. know, here, you know, there's a chance to have, you know, better, better answers, better, you know, better help. Better and, answers. Definitely. And, 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 and better resources to get, you know, the, the kind of help you need to the places that you need them. Totally. And totally. easy to remember. <laughs> Nine, eight, eight. That is so cool. So I, um, 
You got a fist bump for me, buddy? A fist bump? Why do you want me to, why, why do you want me to fist you? Wait. Why would you fist bump a murderer? Anyway. Oh my God. This made like, me think of, of the Middle East and, you know, it's going in two separate directions um, when it comes to Iran. And it seems like the U.S. and Israel are on one side of this, let's maximum pressure Iran into not having nukes. And the rest of the Middle East is like, I think we're going to be chill, maybe have a barbecue and talk it over with them. Like no. Saudi Arabia seems to be like, we just want to talk to them. Go, you know, do your thing. You know what I mean? So, so here's where this gets really fun. Yeah. Um, this is unexpected, by the way. I don't know where Dan is. <laughs> yeah. So whatever. We'll we'll get we'll talk with Dan when Dan's around. This um, is the last thing I saw on TV before I came in here, and it made me think. Hmm. So Saudi Arabia. So the thing about Iran and their nuclear program is is that number one, you know, we have a, a desire to not have other countries get nuclear weapons because right. when you never know who's going to sit behind the launch button. <laughs> like less Vladimir is better. Putin. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely better. Uh, but number two, then you run into the issue of who's going to export nuclear technology. And in this case, there is an agreement, a standing agreement that if Iran gets a nuclear weapon, Pakistan will be selling nuclear technology to Saudi Arabia. So Saudi Arabia will become a nuclear power because of Pakistan, because of Pakistan and Iran. You know, what's interesting about Pakistan, just as a segue, they are a conscience observer to the, um, what is it? NATO, not NATO, the world organizations, the 198 countries, there's only two countries that's not in the UN, the United Nations. And mm -hmm. one of those is Pakistan. The other is the Vatican, which I find so interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, How'd they get the nuclear technology. And I thought, I thought Trump had already sold our Saudi Arabian <laughs> nuclear technology. No conventional weapons. We, we have a, we have a bar on selling nuclear technology. I so know like, we have that. So, so, you know, and that's the thing is like, you've got, you know, you've got countries like Israel who've denied for a long time that they have nuclear weapons and, and, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's like, no, nah, we know you have them. And then you have countries like South Africa that actually had nuclear weapons. And then they were like, nah, this is too fucking dangerous. Right. Or Ukraine who had them and then negotiated them away. Yeah, and and real realistically, that was kind of one of those things about like you know the Soviet states was a real interesting, uh, a real mm -hmm. interesting situation there because you know the nuclear technology that they had you know was the Soviet Union's of de facto Russia's right, and you know I guarantee you that you know right now Ukraine is kicking itself for making that deal in '94, but you right. know at the same time you know. I would say at that time there was a lot of momentum in, you know, trying to reduce the nuclear threat to the world itself. I mean, even to this day, Mikhail Gorbachev, the last leader of the Soviet Union, still says that they shouldn't exist. Nuclear weapons shouldn't exist. They've done more harm than good. Agreed. And I don't disagree with that one bit, you know. But but if they didn't exist, would we be in Russia right now? hanging an american flag that's they, they used that blackmail on us they've been using it for since february 
Don't come near us. We'll nuke you. I mean, that's the only thing that's protected Russia. I think. No, no, I would. Military doctrine is very interesting in that sometimes we're like, fuck it. We're going in. And other times we're like, nope, there's a, here's a clear objective. And this is what we're going to stick to. Um, the first Gulf war, for example, you know, we were, we were posed to overrun Baghdad in the first Gulf war, but that was called off and it, you know, to say, no, we are just liberating Kuwait, right? Pull our forces back to the line of control and leave that as, you know, don't go in. Right. So in a lot of ways, yes, you know, there is that potential that we could have tried to invade Russia, but at the same time too, our military doctrine, most of the time is don't keep the country, keep the country's borders preserved, not right. subvert it, subvert it with a third party candidate. That's like if you to have to like on top of the regime, like if you have to, if you have to go into the other country to cut off supply lines and, mm-hmm. you know, choke, choke out the supply that's already in the country, that's one thing, but going in to take over the country is not an option. Right. And, Just and I think that's stabilize it enough and, for the people to make a choice. Well, and, and, you know, and and I think that's probably one of the wiser choices because I mean, when you look at the course of military history, there's been nothing that has changed a regime faster than a swift defeat. Um, right. You know, even, you know, even when you look at, you know, for example, uh, the Falklands war, for example, you know, where Argentina was under a military junta for a long time. And, you know, they got a quick victory by capturing the Falklands or, you know, uh, what do they, I forget what they call, uh, you know, the, uh, the Falklands in, in, in Argentina, cause they still assert that it's theirs, hmm. <clears throat> but, um, I don't remember. I would, I don't, know. I don't remember. I I'd have to look it up and, you know, and basically like when the British came down and straight up, you know, kick, you know, they, you know, the British have a very, you know, I, 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 you know, I wouldn't say adequate cause more than adequate, a very mm-hmm. seasoned Navy that, you know, right. is, you know, centuries of military, uh, centuries of, of naval warfare as an island oh, sure. nation. You know, that I would, uh, you know, I would say that if, if the British had the amount of naval forces that we had, for example, the only difference between us and them is, is that the Brits would have an additional like 300 years, 400 years of naval know-how that we don't, you know, their, their Navy has always been a top class Navy, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and other countries have, you know, kept up some of that practice, but a lot, I mean, when you think about like navies of the world, you know, the Spanish used to have a hell of a Navy. The French used to have a hell of a Navy. The, uh, the Dutch used to have a hell of a Navy and, and as colonialism has fallen in a lot of what, you know, as, as you know, what we would call traditional colonialism, the, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go take over your land is fallen. A lot of those countries have reduced their Navy to the point of, you know, being more of a self-defense force, a Mm self-defense Navy, or, you know, limited forward action Navy, you know, whereas the United States, we have not done that. You know, we maintain a very large Navy by, you know, anybody's standards. But we also kind of rent out our 
our military, our Navy, our, our ships to camp out places to keep it safe. Mm-hmm. And that's, so. and that's where, you know, a lot of the whole issue of, you know, why is America the world's police? You know, when, you mm-hmm. know, I would argue that, you know, if Britain had a Navy the size of ours, they'd probably be in the same position, you know, sure. and, and, and now what you're seeing in the Pacific is the, the return of a lot of that, that ideology where China is looking to expand into, you know, yeah. more of the South yeah, China yeah. Sea. And now you're seeing india develop a navy you're looking at australia really developing a navy mm-hmm. and because and, australia is right there yep. right in that zone that asian zone of china wants to take over australia almost. so so you know now you have you have the british the u.s AUKUS, you know australia u.s and uk mm-hmm. Uh, that are going to be developing joint technologies, you know, to counter China. Right. So, you know, uh, and, and of course that's where you ran into that whole issue of, you know, the French were looking at selling subs to, right. to the UK and, and Biden pulled a dumb fucking oops and like, you know, whoops, sorry, we should have been talking with you and we didn't do that. That's on us. He's it's kind like, of, he's kind of full of dumb little oopses. That's how this started <clears throat> with the, with the fist bump. Right. Do you fist, do you fist bump a murderer? Like, you, you know, it's, it's <sighs> optics, bro. It doesn't matter what you're saying in a photograph. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and that, what my point was like, Russia is going to Iran to possibly pr- purchase drones because they're having a problem with technology did mm-hmm. like, and there's this coalition and I, I like to call it the crypto coalition because it's like North Korea and China and Russia and now Iran and India, they're all moving into this separate dark economy system where they're teaming up to just fuck, fuck the Europeans, fuck America. We're just going to do our own thing then. And that's concerning mm-hmm. to me on a longer term basis because saudi arabia is important and it seems like they're leaning towards the the crypto coalition well to me i mean the thing about crypto being as deregulated as it is is it allows you to operate in spaces that you wouldn't necessarily operate to begin with i mean unfortunately you know you can have your currency exchanges below ground but the problem is is that you know whatever goods you're going to exchange still have to take place above ground and that's a lot harder yeah, um, no, I'm, it's just an analogy. I used to tell my friend, he's like, my crypto's down. I was like, because there hasn't been any ransomware attacks yet, you know? Like, every time there's a major ransomware attack, go buy crypto because somebody's going to pay. You know? Right, exactly. <laughs> and that's, you know, and, and and that's been one of the reasons why I have refused to get into crypto is simply right. because, number one, it's insanely volatile. Yeah, and, and you're paying and, for your own ransomware eventually. <laughs> and, and, and number two, I mean, realistically, like, you know, anybody, you know, if you think that these things can't be cracked, you know, or haven't been cracked already, mm-hmm. you're you're living in a dream world because I guarantee you that a lot of the stuff has already been cracked and they're already able to trace it a lot better than they're letting on. Oh, sure. And and the last thing I really want is to be on another fucking FBI watch list. You know, yes. it's kind of like it's kind of like all these different platforms that come out and every single time a new one comes out, somebody goes, 
ooh, a new watch list. Ooh, a uh -huh. new watch list. It was like, you know, when, when Trump's first social media platform came out, ooh, a new watch list. And then that right. cratered. And now you That's got the what next I was one. It's like with, with truth. I was like, yeah, of course. Nobody ever, nobody ever admits to being on truth, but everybody can report anything he says on it. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and, and, and that's one of the, like, I, I refuse to sign up for that shit. Like, like right. it's, there's just no way I already don't like, mm -mm. I already don't like the social media that I have, let that's alone right. going and, and, and sign up to throw myself into the fucking Viper pit. Right. That's my point. Except I, it's, it's more like an incest pit. I think I'm desocializing. Like I I'm simplifying my my social media so that i don't have to do it everything everywhere because that's annoying as fuck to have to post something to instagram and facebook and twitter and pinterest and you know snapchat and i sold my snapchat stock it went down to 14 bucks it was up 89 bucks they put the privacy you know the do not track thing on and now snapchat can't make money <laughs> right so i dumped it because i prefer not being tracked over supporting an app that's going to track me <laughs> well and that's just it is, is like you know like i ended up buying something and and now i'm getting ads all i bought myself a brand new guitar then yeah. and i'm excited for that but now i'm getting like ads all over the place and then uh, there was also something that i was looking up you mm -hmm. know just because i had seen something and i was curious what it was and i got a bunch of ads on my fucking facebook now from that and it's like god damn it i i don't get any of those but i'm not on facebook mm -hmm. but so, you know what i did notice a lot of the MAGA candidates or darker candidates, they're leaving Twitter and they're going to Facebook because Facebook is a safer zone for them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I, Hey, I, I'm a Floridian now and I registered to vote and she asked me a question. Do you need help voting? And I was like, yes. And she was like, okay, we'll mail you everything. And I was like, really? So I am going to get to vote in the primary. So I was looking up Floridian, Floridian candidates and I was looking at, it's the primaries. Matt Gates is the incumbent here. And so I was looking at alternatives because Jeffrey, I'm going to be honest with you. She was like Democrat or Republican. And my, my friend, I was like, what? And my friend was like Democrat or Republican. And I was like, uh, 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 and he's like, no, that's neither. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, neither. That's what, that's what I pushed. I was like, I couldn't bring myself no. to, to, to pick either side. So I looked at the Republicans and <clears throat> the guy, the alternative to Matt Gates was like angry MAGA, Georgetown MAGA. And so I asked him a couple questions he couldn't respond to, you know, he's like, I, we're tired of the free money. And I was like, does that refer to the tax breaks? or just people that actually pay their taxes, like the tax breaks for the rich or the people, the stimulus for the people. And he couldn't answer that. And I was like, all right, I'll give him some time. And then I looked up the Democrats and I was like, oh, she's a scientist, but she's not on Twitter. Her Twitter account is suspended. And now she's on Facebook. And that makes me worry. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's like the worst part about this is, is like, uh -huh. I was, I was telling, I was telling somebody yesterday is like, and the worst part about trying to vote in, you know, and I would say not even just voting, but just like being a member of humanity in general right now, right. Is you're told that you have to pick all of column A and all of uh -huh. column B on an entire exam when you're only, and you're being told that there's only two columns, but you see right. other columns. 
But if you yeah. don't check all of column A or all of column B, you piss off somebody. Uh huh. Like it's like you know, <sighs> Trump thought the election was stolen, but he's the only one that lost. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, or you know, out here we had you know Kim Wyman, who's a Republican mm-hmm. that was our Secretary of State for God knows how long that ran our elections, yeah. and even she looked at this and went, "Nah, this you know this wasn't stolen." Period. End of story. Right. And it's, you know, and, and this is one of those things where I tell people constantly the difference between stealing an election and losing an election because you don't like how it was run is very different. Mm-hmm. It's, it's buyer's remorse. You can agree to do something and then hate the fucking result. Like yeah. that happens all the time. And it and, happens with 120 men, 120 million people in the last presidential election that said, we don't like the candidates. We're not voting at all. And my fear is, is that, you know, you know, the GOP is going to end up going with Trump for 2024 uh-huh. and the Democrats are going to end up going for Biden in 2024. And a bunch of us are going to be like, fucking bullshit. This sucks so hard yeah. because Trump ran the fucking country to a breaking point and Biden has run it even further into the ground. That's what I want to, I always wanted that point to be made by the way. Like, yes, our country is a shit show, but somebody spent four years creating that. And this guy is just not doing enough to dig us out. He can't, he can't because he doesn't have the Congress and Senate, the Senate and Joe Manchin are protecting him from doing well, anything Biden's messaging right also or wrong right Biden, right Biden's messaging also hasn't helped at all either exactly. you know because because for the longest time you know he was the one person like you know if you're going to go this route he was he was one of the biggest voices saying don't get rid of the filibuster right you know and and you know, this is something that I've had to tell people time and time again it's like do I like the filibuster no but if your option is going to be pass a bunch of one-sided laws, then the next time the Republicans mm-hmm. are in office, they're going to repeal all of those laws and right. pass a bunch of one-sided laws on their own. And then they just become executive orders, not laws. Exactly. Or, it, or you just have, con- you'll just have a Congress that spends its entire fucking time undoing what the last guy did. Right. And then they'll muscle through a bunch of their own shit. And mm-hmm. then when the powers that be switch, you're going to have the same thing over and over. And, and I get it. You know, the thing about like, for example, you know, the gun, you know, the gun legislation that just got passed, you can make all the arguments in the world. Was it enough? And, and uh, you know, for some people, the answer is going to be, it was too much for others. You know, a lot of others, it's going to be, no, it wasn't enough. But the fact of the matter is, is that you, you got to 65, was it 64 or 65 votes yeah. on that legislation? You're not going to get that legislation undone. And that's the difference. That legislation is never getting undone. Sure. That's the gold standard, but the opposite, the the opposition party, the party that opposes things is, isn't going to let you do meaningful things that 97%, 93% of the country want. Like a woman's, when a woman's life is at risk, giving her that medical option, they're saying no you know, and that's what 93 well, of us present. But a good point is that 7% is 33% of the Republicans, 22%, you know? And the right. other thing is Republicans are 22% of the country. Democrats are 33% of the country. 
they're both minority parties. Right. And, and realistically, one of the things that people are going to have to keep in mind with all of this is, is that it's not just about getting to 65 votes. To me, the biggest problem is, is, is that, you know, we have, you know, as a smaller country, we had people go in and represent us. And, Mm -hmm. and I am one of those people that feel that we've grown to the point where we need more direct democracy. So when you have things like, you know, whether abortion rights need to be codified into law, that should be something that gets pushed out on a ballot and it's a federal measure and mm-hmm. it's a federal directive. You are to do X, Y, and Z. And so if, you know, if 65% of the country, 70% of the country, 80% of the country says codify Roe v. Wade into law. Right. Well, then you have a directive. Now the question is, you know, what are the two parties going to do in order to get the best of both worlds for their party? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, it's one of those things like you, you want to know, here's, you think about where we were and where we've now gone. We actually had some of the more liberal abortion laws out there in the world. Germany, oh, for yeah, example, is you, you still had, you still had medical abortion, but you couldn't have an abortion post 10 weeks unless there was a medical reason for it or I, rape I'm, or incest. I'm more than willing to have that argument. Right. Science-based argument that says we can preserve this life at 15 weeks, at 10 weeks. We can keep this fetus alive. You can't kill it because there's other options. I, I'm okay with that conversation. What I'm not okay with, I'm I'm Christian and I don't believe that life-killing measures are right. And you have to agree with that. I don't like that. It's also the same group like of people that are that are like, oh yeah, but the death penalty is cool. It's like. You know right. that the death penalty is technically not cool if you're a Christian, right? <laughs> and they're it, they're okay with like post-birth abortions, like yeah. mass shootings, people killing people with guns. They seem to be okay with those kind of abortions. That's why I always try and tie that in. A mass shooting is just a mass abortion event, and it sounds disgusting, but when you think about it, you don't want guns anymore then because it's taking life too. And that's, you know, and that's the thing. Is like I know Christians who, you know, are you know they don't like abortion and they don't like the death penalty and they fucking will go they will they will march on that shit both Mm -hmm. sides and i'm like you know what at least you're holding true to the conviction that you believe life is sacred okay i can respect that i'm not going to say whether i'm pro-abortion or anti-abortion my job is in my life to make the decision it's the freedom to choose and thank you jay for liking that tweet freedom is a freedom to use or not use you know, mm-hmm. it's that choice. That is freedom. Everything should be available. It up, should be up to us to decide in our own lives what and, we use and don't use, mistake real, or not. And realistically, you know, there you run into the issue of like, you know, maybe maybe you start an organization, uh, an organization that you know they help support people until you know they reach the point of birthing, and then they're the adoption agency. So that mm-hmm. way, this person is as not as burdened as you know they're going to be trying to navigate something that they really don't want to do you know there's always a different solution out there Mm -hmm. but the problem is 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 that you know what we've done is we've gone from there are safe uh, accesses in these places to now there is no safe access there's just going to be underground access right yeah, because there's no scientific conversation allowed to be had about the gray area and making that clear. What if it was like pre-pregnancy, 
post-pregnancy, early pregnancy, like 10 weeks, that's still an abortion to some people. It could be an early pregnancy to another person. You're just not ripping the fetus apart if you can keep it alive, right? And then it becomes somebody else's problem, not the mother's problem, not my problem, right? And, you know, and, and this is, it's, it's just such a shit show and, and there's so much, there's so much that I could go into on it, but at the same time, it's like, mm-hmm. there are other voices out there that know far more about this that are talking far more about this than I uh, agree, but I think and, it's, it's important to let women know that there is men, white men, men on their side, you know, like, right. We have, we, we have perspective of argument too, but we only have a limited perspective because you're not offering us yours to use (laughs) right from my perspective a 10 year old having to go from ohio to indiana because she got raped and had to have an abortion and then she was we were gaslit into believing she didn't exist until a rapist was found is a disgusting sort of thing that is a special breed right there that oh no that's you know this whole thing is fake news and then they do this huge announcement that, that right oh yeah we actually caught the guy that did this i'm like what the fuck is this what the hell and those like, clips run all over CNN and MSNBC. Those two clips, she doesn't exist. Hey, praise hail the rapist, you know? And so it's disgusting. Why not just give her access to health care, right? And well, this is what happens when you let, you know, people's theocracy decide democracy. And that's the biggest problem. Uh-huh. Yeah. It is the biggest problem. So, so that's so. Then here's my question: If somebody's religion states that abortion is a fundamental right, whose religion is correct? That's right, because in Judaism it is, in the mm-hmm. Muslim religion it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so, fuck it. so if you know, you know, that's that's one of those things. Like, sorry, but you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna approach this from a three a theocratic standpoint then all right then you know there's a bunch of religions out there that are really cool with this and you're going to have to accept that those places can then perform those services just imagine that Uh, you know abortion clinics attached to synagogues and and mosques and things like that you want to talk about people getting fucking thrown up in arms jesus fucking christ they were they were talking about having the va do it and there was attaching centers to the va yeah No, but the, here's the point to remember, and some of this is just estimated, but like 22% of Republicans, seven that 7% that believes no exception is in the, is in the Republican party, 22%, 7% in 22% is 33%, right? But 5% of those are evangelicals. Then they're all Republicans and evangelicals I'm estimating can offer a lot of donation money. Like, I don't know how much, what percent of the total revenue that the RNC brings in, but evangelicals have to be a large proportion of that. Proportionately, Republicans have to pay attention to them more just because they're disproportionately a larger group in their group. Mm -hmm. We don't have to think about that because evangelicals aren't trying to buy Bernie Sanders and AOC, right? They've decided to buy conservatives. Mm-hmm. And where's like the where's the dark money? Like if if who's that Jewish guy that everybody's complaining about? Soros. If mm-hmm. Soros and Bloomberg were funding us, why aren't we winning more? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> <sighs> you know, and so 
people think Donald Trump wants to be president. I think Donald Trump wants to be the next Koch brother. You know what I mean? I think he's aiming to be a kingmaker without the fucking spotlight and glare of his corruption. Oh, no. You know what no. I mean? He wants to be king. That's yeah, no, but I don't he think wants to, he doesn't want king make. He doesn't want to be a kingmaker. He doesn't want any other king besides him. Do you think There's, so? Because yep. I think I don't. I think he's realized guy, that this, there is kings, and it, the kings aren't. The this king. guy is the thumbs up or thumbs down of MAGA candidates. Like, if anybody says they're MAGA, he has the final say on whether or not they are. That's, that's the. I mean, know. that's cool. That's cool. And then, of course, then you got people that are absolutely they're out there claiming that they're more MAGA than MAGA, and I'm like. Wow. That's cool. Congratulations. I love the look on you. Get the mullet, buy a pet rock, get some parachute pants because you are living in niches, bro. Go for it. Go listen to Chumbawamba and some other college rock. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so, you can be MAGA all day long. It's a bad look. The young people aren't going MAGA. Like I, Latinos are going MAGA because that's what Republicans do. They, they ad, ad bomb the Latino communities against the Democrats and call them socialists. So the Cubans go, Oh, we don't like Democrats. Fine. Go ahead. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's, I just, it's, it's absolutely fucking common sense rings out and like Biden sucks right now. And people are going to be like Trump sucks when he does nothing for us. And neither one of them ever have any plans to do anything directly for us. Nope. But I do prefer. So, one of the MAGA candidates says we need to be energy of, of energy independent and we can't rely on these dictator governments. And that was a MAGA candidate. And so my thought was, what do you mean? Because you don't like green energy. Like if you're not going to promote green energy as a way of energy independence, then you want to drill more and ruin our national lands. And that's not conservatism. That's mm -hmm. MAGA. That's not Republican. That's not conserving the land. That's destroying the land to make profit not to get by not so that we have just enough gas to get by but enough gas to where exxon can make 26 billion dollar profit in one year and that's and you know the funny thing is is that you know i was i was out and about and i was listening to a couple old people talk about you know energy independence for the first time that i've ever heard and you know they're talking about how you know biden is screwing up our own energy independence now course it was down to us you know not being able to drill which let's be real honest like the problem is the problem with creating renewable energy resources is, is that you still need a good solid source of petroleum in order to make a lot of those resources of course and if you're not producing it locally you're buying it internationally and if you're buying it internationally that means you're hoping somebody else has got the stuff that you need in order to secure your own energy independence and that's not a good look either can i ask a question do it joe biden just went to opec to ask them to increase their production Russia is a part of OPEC. OPEC plus. Yeah. How does that make sense? So OPEC, so there's OPEC, then there's OPEC plus. Right. OPEC is Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Bahrain, Kuwait. Um, and the, I think there's one or two more in there, maybe Oman and Yemen. Um, nah, I don't but, know. But there, the Middle East is essentially, you know, mm. is OPEC. OPEC plus is iran um russia and venezuela okay because um they are 
they are, it's kind of like NATO and NATO affiliates, OPEC and OPEC affiliate. You know, it's why uh, uh, before COVID, you saw, you know, Russia and Saudi Arabia get into a row over pricing. Russia didn't want OPEC to increase its price, you know, increase its output because, right. because it would affect the, what they were making on it. And so what happened was, is there was a row there and then Saudi Arabia said, watch me tank your economy. And they fucking upped the production to the point where Russia wasn't making any money. Right. And then, you know, they all decided to have a little powwow and, you know, come back to the table and make things, you know, nicer for everybody. Uh So, you know, the thing is, is that if Russia, you know, could be potentially, pushed under the table by Saudi Arabia's production uh, capacity and capability. We've known, we've known that's been the case, but now we have issues with, you know, what does that mean for us? Because Saudi Arabia can also bury our production capability. That's my point. Why should we drill and destroy our land for Saudi Arabia one day? Just to be like, bye, you know? Well, here's the question, you know, what we have done, I, I would argue, is we have hedged a bet. And the bet has been that we will get our own production capabilities in place and we will leverage others until it's time for us to leverage ours. And basically what it boils down to is it's like, hey, somebody else has all of this infrastructure in place. Somebody else has all this ability to turn on and off tap really easily. Mm-hmm. Let's let's use their systems before we use ours. Ah, let's run them out before ours. Right. It's a long my, game strategy. And 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 it's you know, my my dad working in the oil field in the eighties said that there were times where they would hit some oil wells that were real fucking barn burners that, you know, and and you know, there's he was always convinced that you know, we had more oil than we were letting on. And, and when you had the early two thousands boom out, you know, uh, especially in the Bakken oil field out where I grew up, mm-hmm. like it would, it became very clear, you know, you know, we were told, Oh, you know, I remember watching the scare documentaries about how by, you know, 2017, we'd be having problems. And by 2021, like there would be worldwide shortages and right. by 2023, there would be fights. The problem is, is that there is never a shortage. The problem has it's, it's not that there's been a shortage that's fucked with the pricing. The problem is, is, is that there has been control mechanisms and cartels in place that have, right. you know, and and sanctions that have you know there's the only thing stopping us from getting a shit ton of oil from venezuela is the fact that we're not on good terms with the venezuelan government because because we back the other party it's closer it's cheaper and you know that cuts down on a lot of costs as it is yeah if you were to turn if you were to take all the sanctions off venezuela all the sanctions off iran and all the sanctions off russia tomorrow yep the price of oil would bottom the fuck out. And that's it, the, yeah, that's the real would. answer. It would. Because right now Russia because, gets a billion dollars a day for, for their oil. We didn't dent their ability to earn. The ruble is really high up there now. It's crashing back down again. Is it? Yep. Because okay. some of the other sanctions are really starting to bite now. But the thing is, is, is that, you know, their, uh, you know, Russia's economy is a one trick pony and it's been oil. 
same with mm-hmm. Venezuela's economy, same with Iran's economy. They're one trick pony. That trick is oil. And, and that's why Russia is going to Iran for drones, <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. and, and so you end up having the, you know, but you also, you know, sanctions are only as good as the people who are going to abide by them. That's China's right. fucking buying their stuff. And that's there's a I'm reason saying. why, and there's a reason why it's like, We've we've only inhibited the Western half of the world from buying their oil. We have not stopped its ability to produce. But I guarantee you that if those sanctions were lifted overnight, right? You know, OPEC would shit a brick because Iran is going to produce a bunch because financially they've been hurting. Venezuela right. is going to produce a bunch because they've been hurting. Russia yeah. is going to produce a bunch because they're they've been hurting. And so Saudi Arabia and all of them are going to have to turn their taps up because that price is going to bottom out, which means they're mm-hmm. going to have to sell in order to keep their coffers full. Because one of the biggest countries on the planet, China, is now buying just Russian oil right and we're not going to sanction them but if you then said okay china you can buy from whoever you want venezuela iran russia anybody i don't care then that tanks the price and nobody Mm -hmm. makes money off of it because china and the u.s are suddenly and the european union are buying from the cheapest person yep yeah essentially in a lot of ways what has happened is is that you've affected the ability uh to have a free market right uh, but even still the problem is, is is that that quote unquote free market also likes to play within a cartel and mm-hmm. to me you know you're, you're never going to you're never going to get that cartel to fucking play nice and realistically the only way that you're ever going to you know show show a bunch of middle fingers to the cartel is you have to create your own energy programs yes and and so when, as I've said this a hundred times on this show, if your economy can be tanked by somebody else turning up the oil tap, you are not, you are not an independent economy. Right. When I saw Joe Biden give a fist pump, fist bump to Mohammed bin Salam, you know what my first thought was? Fuck you, Mohammed bin Salam. I want to go green. And fuck you. I don't ever want to use another one of your products. You know what I mean? That's the way I felt about it. I don't like begging the guy for help. I want to become so independent. Nobody's buying your product and you're stuck well, with those million bo- barrels sitting and, there. And that's, and that's where I also say, fuck you, Joe Biden, because, you know, he could, you know, Biden could be saying, you know what, fuck it. We're going to put Americans to work doing the thing in America that we're going to, you know, essentially right. pay for, you know, it's, it's, it's that we're going to do all the climate change stuff here, but we're just going to buy all the stuff that's killing the uh, climate and right. bring it in from somewhere else. It's bullshit. It's bull. It's bullshit is what it is. It's, 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 you know, I'm not okay with us doing it, but fuck it. Right. We'll let them do it and we'll just, we'll buy it and we'll do it. You know, right. That's all that, it is. Uh, that other sideism thing is gross. They did that with Khashoggi, you know, like mm-hmm. Biden was tough on, tough on him about Khashoggi. And then, you know, they were like, well, what about you? You did some horrible things and you took account for it and you criminal, you, you know, you prosecuted the people that were responsible and you moved on why can't we have done the same thing and prosecuted the people involved you think the prince was involved we're saying he wasn't you have no proof publicly that he was can we move on now and part of me is like yeah kind of (laughs) (laughs) 
We know what you're capable of now, and we will protect our people better to make sure you don't do it again. We don't know if you did it, but we know you didn't prevent it. Mm -hmm. That's the way I feel about it. Just don't fall for it again. Don't send another journalist in there unprepared. You know what I mean? And that sucks that, that he had to be that life lesson. But until you can prove it in a court of law, you know, that's what the world court is for. Maybe send your stuff there. Maybe be a part of that. And I, I would know. also and I would also make it very clear that, you know, Mohammed bin Salman is is someone that is going to be the person that will turn the taps off on you when it's politically convenient. That's what he's doing. And so this is the time where you have to push for your own energy independence or you have to, yeah. pro- or you have to push for new production in places that are closer. Mexico. Right. But my, I think what I'm saying is what I started with is if Saudi Arabia is slowly turning to Moscow, Iran, China, India, Saudi Arabia and- is not tur- turning to Iran. They will fucking go. They will they are fundamentally at odds with each other I and i want to make sure the, and i want to make sure that's border. very cl- not even they are at odds with each other even because of religion they are two different sects okay and i i i i want you to know that there's discussions happening of softening of that relationship there are discussions because you know a tense I'm not saying it's going to be this year, but in 20 years, I can see them being amicable and not hating, like not hating each other. And so if the, if they're siding that way and you're left with just Israel, that's not going to be good for us. We need to go in energy independent. If the people with oil are teaming up against democracy and, and we're a democracy, either we have to turn to that or they, or we have to turn away from them. Well, and that's, and that's always going to be the discussion because, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of these places are, you know, I mean, Saudi Arabia is not democratic to begin with. Let's make that real fucking clear. Right. They're all frenemies. I I get that. Saudi Arabia's democracy doesn't exist. It's a monarchy. Right. All those places out there are monarchies and they're Uh traditional monarchies, you know, and the fact that it's, it's all Royal family that's get that gets appointed for everything. There's very little actual democracy that takes place in these places that's right so let's so let's let's not kid ourselves on you know the whole enemies of democracy thing they don't give a shit about democracy that's no let's no be well real fucking honest about that. they're they're in a they're in a united effort against our supremacy in a way that they haven't coalesced co- co- coalesced before but, and, and, but, you know, that's, that's the ebb and flow of communities like that. And which is yeah. where, you know, it's scary. I think as fuck every, <laughs> and everybody has to be real fucking clear about what their, what energy independence is going to mean for them. Uh huh. And I hate to say it, but there's a group of people out there that's, you know, part of the West that needs to start really thinking about, you know, nuclear as a part of that energy independence. I agree. And, and if they don't get real fucking serious about it, there somebody like uh mbs is literally going to shut the taps off on us and we're not going to be prepared for it right and laugh he's going to decide who the president is well i'll turn the oil off unless you put in trump you know because that's the way they think ransom is the way they think thank you for being here uh at public access america tune into our podcast every sunday and thursday and check out our live stream on youtube at public access america to those who would tear the world down we will defeat you this is our moment this is our time to those who seek peace and security we support you yes we can and to all those who
Streams on YouTube. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter, Twitter. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Stitcher, Smart Radio, Radio Public, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.